Bill, that was uh, Arthur Agajanian. And I apologize for really uh, <laughs> not getting his name correctly the first time around. Uh, he was very kind to correct it. Uh, and uh, a terrific guy uh, and a uh, Christian contemplative, but living in the world. And, and I think many of us have often thought, and, and many people continue to think, to be a contemplative of any type, whether Christian or otherwise, one uh, needs to be removed from the world. And that's not the case. No. Um, uh, live uh, live that, that life uh, as a, what we would call the householder, somebody in the world, yeah. as he is in the world, uh, or somebody who does decide to live a more secluded life. I think it's um, this incredible popularity of Christian, form, form, Christian forms of contemplative practice Christian meditation, Christian mindfulness, Christian, you know, deeper kind of prayer. Um, same things happening within Judaism. I think it's uh, it's the, if one of the incredible results of all the uh, teachings from the East becoming right, which which you uh, well know, which you 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 so you bring out so well in your book, uh, uh, American Veda. Yeah, A little plug there, but it's true. If people want to get that background and how East came to West. That's how to look at it. <clears throat> I grew up Catholic. Your family's Jewish. Uh, did you remember ever hearing anything about the Kabbalah? Or Kabbalistic no, tradition? nothing. I never heard anything about Christian mysticism nothing. until I had started TM. It was in the 70s. And right. all of a sudden I, I meet uh, Thomas Keating and Basil Pennington, these monks. And it's th th this tradition uh, of uh, inner development, of inner exploration that, that, that exists and in, in, in it seems like all the religious traditions that uh, at least in uh, in the 50s and 60s, nobody yeah. heard about. And, and actually, Phil, you brought out a great point. Thomas Merton, too bad he didn't live longer because he was so ahead of his time. Oh, he would have been he would have been a big part of the whole thing, I'm sure, right. if they would have let him because he stayed. Right. You know, he was still. But they his um, whoever he reported to his superiors they were very good about letting him live a, a, a public life. And right. he had well-publicized interactions with uh, Buddhist monks and Swami. Allen Ginsberg. Yes, and uh, then He was too. part of the beat generation, really. Yeah, and, um, and I remember, you know, I, I was devouring books on uh, Zen and Vedanta, and I was reading the Gita and all that and talking to people. And that's when somebody said, Oh, you know, that exists in Christianity and Judaism and Islam, too. And I said, really? What? Where? And so, you know, I read someone gave me a book about Merton. Someone gave me a book about Kabbalah and I learned about the Sufis. It was a. It, it, yeah, I mean, non-duality was not something I remember anybody uh, discussing back back then. No, we use different words, but yeah, but the the fact that. I, I just uh, saw Jim Finley the other day, and you know he works very closely with Richard Rohr in that center in Albuquerque. Uh, by the way, both these gentlemen are in our archives. Yeah, right, and they're very you know popular in uh, Christian contemplative circles, and it's huge. They right. they get you know, huge numbers of people taking their programs and going on their retreats. This was not happening 50, Never. 30 years ago mm -hmm. before Thomas Keating and contemplative 
Prayer and then Richard Rohr and you know, all these other people. And the same thing's happening with Judaism. It's an emphasis on experience and practice that used to be reserved for very few people. It's a democratization, just as Yogananda and Maharishi and Muktananda and all the others democratized right. uh, practices that were just in ashrams. Yeah. You know? Now, Arthur also, one of his specialties or an area that I, I think uh, not so many people uh, are directly involved in uh, uh, is uh, the imagery and art. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, why. And utilizing that about. to go inward. And uh, one of the things you were saying, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Uh, <clears throat> talking about going to a museum, being by yourself. I love it. That. There, there are those, and, and I would be one of them, that would argue uh, that uh, art, and in, in many cases, certain types of music have become very elitist. Like, you know, museums are expensive to go to. You yeah. have to get to them. Also, you know, if you look at the boards of museums, you don't have ordinary folks. Usually it's people that are either very accomplished in the arts or have very deep pockets, have money, uh, usually both and money being the emphasis because it's expensive yeah. to keep them open. But there's two places uh, that uh, I was thinking about that one could go to experience art. And one is in religious facilities, in churches and synagogues and mosques. And all there is a, a, a tremendous art available, and and that art specifically to uh, enliven the, one's inner spiritual life. Yeah. And the other area for me, my one of my a great is any city looking at the architecture. It yeah. Doesn't cost anything to walk down the street. You, you look, you could spend all day looking at the Empire State Building and or the Sears. Then they don't have to be big buildings. They the Baha'i Temple. In you know the exterior. Oh yeah, the one outside Chicago is fabulous. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. So the, in those, the West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, there these places yeah. exist everywhere. So uh, getting people to realize that um, you can you can deepen your spirituality and your spiritual experience. I'm going I'm to so add one. Places. I'm going to add one. Okay. And you're right. And people in the art world are very conscious of the fact that it costs a lot of money to up to keep up museums. Right. And therefore, they charge money and they all have some kind of discount or free right, days right. or right. students can come for free or, you know, kids can come for free. Seniors get a discount. Right. And in some cases, it's voluntary. You, you, you right. know, like the, the Met in the Metropolitan Museum in New York, there's a suggested price. But, you know, and, and right. most so they, they do those things. But the other thing I wanted to say is online. Now you can take a tour of the greatest right, art in right. the history of the world I, I on Andrew. your screen by yourself without, you know, having to fly to New York or Paris. Right. You know, and, 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 it, and it's one thing to see the work of art in person, but the replication that's digitally done now is phenomenal. Pretty good. It's, it's not phenomenal. the same. I would. I no, still, it, it I could see. never be the same. But it's it's like okay, you can watch see an opera, you can see a play on TV uh, right. in a film, and it's okay. It's great, but it's not as the same as being right. there. But it's so, it's but it's, it's something made it, it, it's accessible. So if you live right. in Omaha, and you know it it costs a lot of money to go on an art tour of, you know, New York and Washington and Philadelphia, you know, all the East coast cities that have the great old museums, let alone go to Europe. 
yeah. and you know go to london and paris and rome yeah. but well, well, you can you, you can at least appreciate that especially if you have a big right. and, and, and one of the things you can avoid and you brought this up and and so did arthur when you go to these museums and it's like hey steve I, there's the mona lisa you oh, know you they crowds, there's the mic you know there's the pieta and and uh it gets pretty crazy in these places and then and everybody's po they're posing you can't you can't get them out of your line of vision to just yeah. focus on them. If, if you're lucky, there may be a, a few minutes <laughs> where, where nobody's posing in front of the picture. But, you know, it's, 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 an, it's a thing. And I, I, I know, I, last time I was in museums, you know, pre-COVID, it was, it was kind of irritating. And I said something to one of the museum guards and he kind of rolled his eye, you know, rolled his eyes and said, you know, people are talking about having a policies. And, and you see, sometimes you see signs, you know, don't pose in front of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they allow pictures. People are going to do it. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. And, and, uh, but at the same time, uh, many people, like you said, there's always a, a, t a day of the week, a time where you can slip in there when there aren't a lot of people. And what he said is, rather than quantity, I want to run through and see everything. Spend a little time, see something that really catches your eye and stay with it. I, was, again, in, I was in Paris, I don't know, five, six years ago. And I hadn't been there in decades. And, you know, we went to the Louvre and the room with the Mona Lisa it was like being on a subway car at rush hour. And everybody's going like this to take right. pictures of it over everybody else's head. So I said, you know what? I've seen it. I don't need this. I'm out of here. Right. And other rooms with these fabulous works of art, there was hardly right. anyone in them. Right. It was great. It, it's, anyway. And I think virtual reality will make it even a fuller experience. Of, make it, but I do think it's important because uh, uh, that, that it becomes democratized, that it isn't just for one segment of society. To, to have that access and understanding and appreciation. So, uh, and, and then, you know, the same thing he said about, uh, you know, somebody running through a museum and taking pictures. You see people going through the Grand Canyon or like Muir Woods, like, look at, and it's like, yeah. you know. But, and that, that gets to an important point. You know, when we were, um, when we were studying with Maharishi, Mahesh Yogi, he used to say there was a phrase that he used a lot. Knowledge is structured and knowledge right. is different in different states of consciousness. consciousness. I, you can extrapolate that out and say, you know, reality is different. Experience is different. Perception is different in different states of consciousness. So if you go to a museum or look at art online or listen to music and your consciousness is dull and cloudy and you're irritated, you're not going to get the, the kind of transcendent right. experience that Arthur was talking right. about. But we, if you go in with an attitude of reverence and you have a little calmness inside and you're right. really, your doors of perception, as Huxley's called it, are open, then any, anything can evoke, you know, the sublime experience. The sublime, the spiritual. He, he, and um, I, I just also mentioned some people not, might not be aware aware of the fact that the, what the, Arme the Armenian people went yeah. through in, in the 20th century. Uh, it, you know, it's horrific to think about. It was, it was a, a, a very difficult time. And often when people go through or groups go through 
uh, th those periods, there's a lot of self-reflection afterwards and sure. a lot of delving into spirituality. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, a lot about the Armenian church and, and uh, I, I would like to know more. I'd yeah. love to have back on or maybe have other people from that tradition come on. But it seems very rich in its traditions, Behold, very it's... rich in its spirituality, and and, uh, and also in terms of its uh, its representation of the spiritual through art, uh, seems very glorious and, and profound. And there's a lot, of, you know. It, it he said it's it's very much aligned with the Eastern Orthodox, so the Russian Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox, that whole Eastern mm -hmm. part of Europe, and uh, it's different from the Catholicism and right. Protestantism we're familiar with. Right. Well, well, we should get a, a Greek Orthodox uh, priest on sometime. I know one. We'll get him on. Oh, I have you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Next time. Next time.